Communications proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is JJ Jackson. What a fun Monday show we've got planned for you. I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Barry inside the studio hanging out with me, and we've got a lot to get into, so we're going to be off and running. It was Auburn football that held their second scrimmage of the fall this past weekend. The media got to attend an entire practice from start to finish on Saturday, so lots of reports from inside that Auburn football program on what's happening as we are counting down the days at this point to the start of the upcoming season. The Atlanta Braves took two out of three against the Houston Astros in a World Series rematch over the weekend, and we've got Falcons football coming up a little bit later tonight. Sports call, only two hours today. A lot of fun. J.J., Tom, and Cam inside the studio. Cam, how are you? How was your weekend, sir? Great, great. Uh, very good weekend. A busy weekend um, spent with uh, the girlfriend and just hung out with her. You had um, some time on the road this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I went to Birmingham, went to Huntsville, and then back to Birmingham, and then back to Over Auburn. to Auburn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely pretty busy, but uh, overall a really good weekend. Excited for some Falcons football playing the Jets, and um Great to see that the Braves took two out of three against the Astros. So very good uh, weekend series for them. Um, enjoyed, you know, kind of watching bits and pieces of that here and there. And that game on Saturday went to extra innings and, and the Braves uh, managed to uh, get out of that with a win. So it was uh, very quality. Very, very great weekend. Tom, how about you? How was your weekend? Uh, really busy on Friday. Um as we mentioned, while the students back in town and back in classes, Friday uh, working in the Auburn nightlife industry. You yeah. said it would be that way on Wednesday, so did it live up to uh, expectations? Did, was it as busy as you thought it would be? Probably more busy yeah, than I, was... I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, Friday Friday was insanely busy. Uh, Saturday a lot more relaxing for me. Uh, got a chance to watch some sports, and then Sunday back to work. But you know, I, once I get past Friday, it, it, it's kind of chill after that, so I'm good. But uh, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Really happy to watch the Braves um, take that series over the Astros. Uh, feels like a team that's on the roll. Uh, somebody that's not on the roll with the Braves is uh, is Ozuna, yeah. Marcelo Ozuna. He gets arrested. Run. Gets arrested again for the second year in a row. So, uh, you know, what are the Braves going to do with that? And then uh, that's yeah, that's what they need to do. And then uh, and then just trying to keep track of everything with Auburn football right now. Just all the all the kind of talk that's going on around the scrimmage and what's going to happen with the quarterback race, things like that. It, the more this goes on, the more it seems like it's going to be T.J. Finley, but I'm sure that's something we can talk about as the show goes yeah, on. Yeah, it's the start of another week, another week that brings us closer to the start of the college football season and the NFL season. Our show goes off the air at 5 o'clock today because we're proud once again to be a Falcons Radio Network affiliate. They've got a preseason game against the New York Jets tonight. You will hear Falcons football tonight on Tiger 95.9 FM 
and on Saturday. The final preseason game for the Atlanta Falcons is coming up on Saturday. The start of another week also means that we have reached the final week of the Thunder Chickens season, assuming it does not rain tomorrow evening. That's going to be the one thing that we've got to dodge. But we set up for the postseason starting tomorrow. We were able to get some stats updated for the full year uh, yesterday. Got that taken care of and uh, over the weekend, I should say. And so, uh, Tom, one last run this week for those Thunder Chickens for the year. We hope. We, we, it is supposed I think it's supposed to rain like all week. Yeah, this whole so, this entire week is supposed to be bad. So we'll see. But, I, yeah, it would be nice to get out there for one last run at it and see what we can do. Let's hope we have a good four-game run, right? Got to get got to get past that first one hey. first. That's a tough one. Yeah, that is. yeah. Was it? Uh, I was glad to kind of look at some of those numbers. We'd been waiting a little bit to update yeah. kind of the season totals and that sort of thing, and uh, had missed the last three games worth of information. And now to get everything up. To, first off, the fact that we've got our buddy Jared Dillard com- uh, committed to keeping score oh. for us is amazing. It was well, absolutely what, amazing. It, what's also it's like crazy to like look at one of the big things I look at are the, our batting averages and everything, and you know the fact that my batting average dropped because of one game. Yeah, I'm like, oh. you had an O for one game, and I did. And that I, did it. I, I had uh, O for three. I think I think I was O for three in a game. No, I had a hit. I was one for one for three. Or wait, you had an O for. I had one hit in that game, or well, there was two games. That hadn't been updated? Well, two weeks ago. We hadn't updated three games worth of information. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've still got three games worth of info. Now everything's up to date. Right. But before this last update from over the weekend, we were missing three games for the numbers. Right. Now everything is up to date. Yeah, I got you. So out of the three games of the first game, I went over. Yes. The second game, I had a hit. Yes. And then last week. Yes, I had, had multiple hits. Multiple hits. Yes. But still my batting average was down. Right. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. I don't want to see that. Not as fun. Needs to be going up. Not as fun. But forward we go. Yeah. And uh, we've got other people that are surging, like Cam Berry. He makes yeah. a big jump with a three-hit day. There you go. Uh, Ryan LaVoy is hitting 500 on the year. What a big jump he's had. Van's having a great season, as always. So, yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. We're getting, close, uh, getting closer to the end of uh, this Thunder Chicken season. It'll be back next year, of course, and we can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, super excited for hopefully uh we can we can get going, you know, maybe kind of ride ride the success, you know, but close it out with a win and continue on with that because that last game that we played last week was really really good. And I mean just even to be competitive was something that was I think we were all happy with even though it was a a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um we were glad to be competitive, and so if we can just kind of keep up with how that was going, if, if we what a competitive game going, that was, yeah. If we can just keep the bats how they were going, you know, last week, I mean, we can hang in there with everybody, you know. Um, so that's just kind of how we have to think about it: is if we can just one for three, two for three, everybody yeah. get you know get one hit here and there, that would be really nice. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one is all of our sports call callers and guests. Join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. You can visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It's going to be an amazing show. Give us a call. We want to chat with you. Again, 334 
888-887-3401. All right, after this scrimmage that took place for the Auburn Tigers, guys, it feels like momentum is absolutely building in favor of TJ Finley. We saw Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports earlier today put out a tweet that if you read the tea leaves, if you're behind closed doors, there are whispers that all of a sudden Zach Calzada might be quarterback number three for the Auburn Tigers. But the word, the scoop for Auburn football is that uh, while, again, no official word has been made, TJ Finley's the guy, the experienced guy who started at the end of last year after Bo Nix's injury uh, but uh, Tom, it's it's T.J. Finley who's getting all the buzz now. Yeah, uh, th- and and the thing is, this is going completely opposite of where I thought it was going to go. We talked about this on Friday. The only two people that predicted T.J. Finley to be named the starting quarterback for the Tigers in our monthly predictions. We did this before August right. even started. Out of ten of us, just to show you the odds of where headspaces were. Cam and I were the only ones that were thinking T.J. Finley would get the nod. Yeah. So, and, and you're not, I mean, it was just everybody kind of felt that way. Like, everybody it's going to be Calzada. Calzada. It's going to be Calzada. And now it sounds like he might be even third string. Right, as Brandon Marcello said earlier. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, my, my prediction going in that it was going to end up being Calzada, Finley, Ashford, and maybe Ashford getting ahead of Finley a little bit. So I had Finley at third. And, See, I, and, I now, and now, and now, and now, all of a sudden, here we go. Finley looks like he's probably going to be a starter. Looks like Robbie Ashford's probably going to be second team. Man, that's crazy. And Calzada, who you bring in from Texas A and M, thinking that hey, this might be the guy that can lead Auburn to the promised land. This dude's probably going to be a third stringer. Yeah. And did you see the video of the pick that he threw in the script? Goodness gracious! He was frustrated too. Some people were saying that. That was kind of a setup because, you know, I guess they gave a, a walk on a scholarship and he was the one that caught the pick. Right. And so that was they were like, oh, it's a setup. But all the media people were like, no, he was he was frustrated by that throw. Right. Because you could tell by his body language and when you see the video and you look back at it, he he's kind of like frustrated. threw, you know, threw his hands like, up. Dang, he man, just like, threw his know, hands up. like Not happy what? about yeah. that. Um, I mean, initially, I I thought that Calzado was going to come in and and take it, you know, take the starting spot. But just kind of as time went on, my heart told me that, but, you know, and my head kind of told me that that made the most sense. But my gut was kind of telling me that TJ Finley was going to do it because, um, was going to get the starting job because Harson trusted the experience in the system. He already has been in the system for a year, you know, maybe it's just with the time and just the training that he's had with, with TJ, maybe he just trusts him a little bit more and that's just kind of all it's taking for him to kind of win the starting job. So we'll just have to see big change as uh, Auburn football gets set for their first game of the season uh, days away at this point, less than two weeks away from kickoff. You want the official number? It's 12. We are 12 days away 12 days. from oh, the first Auburn football game of the season. God. Crazy to think about. So excited. Fun Friday night of football. We haven't even touched on that. Good to have our teams back on the airwaves in here in Lee County. Obviously, we're uh, proud of the Borgard Hornets. They had a big win over Selma. Uh, Smith Station back in action. And then locally here in the area, Auburn High gets a big win over Hoover to start the year. Davis Harson leading a late touchdown drive for the Auburn High Tigers to uh, knock off Hoover at a game played at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. So football's back. Football yeah. is here. Well, yeah, and I, all the high school teams kind of like right in the Auburn, I guess you wanna, if you want to call it the Metroplex. 
It's yeah. weird to weird to refer to Auburn as, as a, a metroplex, metroplex, but but we're doing it. Yeah, uh, undefeated. Auburn won their game. Opelika won their game. Lee Scott won their game. So the three of those went undefeated. And then you go right outside. Lochapoca won their game. Um, uh, Borgard, you said Borgard won their game. Yep. So uh, yeah, great, great. Tons day. of wins. Tons, tons of wins for for those teams that are right within our little Lee County area. All right, we've got to take our first time out of today's show. Coming up at 3.30 today, Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers is on Sports Call. Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot joins the program as well. This is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ, Tom, and Cam inside our studios here on South College Street. Hope that everyone is doing well and had a good weekend. All right, our show ends at 5 o'clock today for the Falcons to take on the New York Jets in preseason football. Going to be a fun contest. They're played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, what we want to do right now is celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on August 22nd, 2022. Randall Cobb is turning 32 years old, a current wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, 64th overall pick in 2011 out of Kentucky. He's also played for the Cowboys Texans at Kentucky. He was a 2010 first-team All-American, two-time first-team All-SEC. Randall Cobb, 32 years old. And uh, Cammy is one of the first targets I think about over the years for Aaron Rodgers. I know Devontae Adams oh, yeah. gets a lot of love, but oh, Cobb's man. been there Cobb's, with Cobb's uh, Rodgers for yeah. a long time. Cobb's now. the old time buddy and and of Aaron Rodgers, and they just have a special kind of connection um, when they play together. That's why Aaron wanted him back on the team so bad. Honestly, that that dude was so good at Kentucky. No kidding. Goodness yeah, he gracious, was. he gave people such fits. <laughs> uh, another wide receiver who's thirty two years old today, Adam Thielen. A current wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings went undrafted in 2013, but made the active roster for the Vikings in 2014. Two-time Pro Bowler holds the NFL record for most consecutive 100-yard receiving games with eight. Eight straight games. Adam Thielen had 100-yard receiving games there with the Minnesota Vikings. Part of the reason that Kirk Cousins gets as much respect. Yeah. Good stuff for Mr. Thielen. Someone that Tom Peavy is going to try to draft in fantasy football this year, likely. Yeah, I, maybe. I, I took him in my draft. Uh, the, he's a, he's a good yesterday. guy to have on your fantasy football he team. Is. We haven't even talked about He's a good guy to have on your fantasy is. football team. We're oh getting closer we to it. Getting yeah, very we closer. need to talk to our commissioner. I am the defending champ. Yeah, you are the defending champ. And uh, our uh, our buddy Joe Bardo from Rotowire will be back on the show in due time. LaMelo Ball is turning 21. Wow. Current point guard for the Charlotte Hornets, selected third overall in the 2020 NBA draft after playing one season in Australia. 2022 NBA All-Star, he was the Rookie of the Year award winner, All-Rookie First Team. He's an absolute superstar. I love him so much. LaMelo Ball 
is 21 years old. And we've known that name forever. I mean, just oh years. Yeah, it really he's, does. Feel he's, uh, he's been in the spotlight, and now he's only 21 years old. Been in the spotlight since he was 14. Right. Chino Hills, you know, they, they, he and, Lame- and, uh, and Lonzo and Leangelo basically spearheaded the arguably the one of the greatest probably public basketball teams ever um, with how they just dominated everybody just because they were so good um, playing together. Uh, I mean, just he's just always been a great point guard, and I just made the varsity as a as as a freshman in high school, and just you know didn't finish his high school career. Um, he played for Spire for a little bit, um, and then he went overseas and played for, played in Australia, and then he got drafted. So I think back to very unconventional way to get get to the league, but still got there. Lonzo Ball releasing a rap song years ago under the name Zoe, and yeah. one of his lyrics, Mellow Ball 1, youngest in the game, only 16, in a lamb wearing Gucci shades. So he's talking True. about his 16-year-old brother True. driving a Lamborghini yeah. wearing Gucci shades, and now LaMelo Ball is 21 years I old. Remember, I remember he did an interview with uh, Big Boy one time, and, he, and Big Boy was like, what do you drive? And he was like, I think he was 16 or 17. And Lamelo was like, "Drive a Lambo." He was yeah. like, "What do you mean you drive a Lambo?" He's like, "I drive a Lamborghini." He's like, "Your dad drives a Lamborghini?" He's like, "No, <laughs> me. I drive a Lamborghini, bro." I love that guy. Let's have a big year, Hornets. Buzz City. All right, Carl Yastrzemski is 83 years old. How about Yaz? What a player! Former left fielder and first baseman for the Red Sox. 18-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glove Award winner. His number eight jersey retired by the Boston Red Sox. A member of the Hall of Fame. You hear those numbers I just called out for Carl Yastrzemski? 18-time All-Star, a league MVP, seven-time Gold Glove Award winner, three-time batting champ, his number eight jersey retired by the Boston Red Sox, a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. But because of the Red Sox curse, Yastrzemski never won. And that's why when they finally did break that curse in 2004, those were the great Red Sox players that you thought about over the years. Yep. I mean, one of the greatest there ever was to play the game. No kidding. Simply put. Paul Molitor is 65 years old, the former MLB DH infielder and manager. He played for the Brewers, Blue Jays, Twins, also has managed for the Minnesota Twins, a seven-time All-Star, a 1993 World Series champion, 1993 World Series MVP, 2017 AL Manager of the Year. His number four jersey is retired by the Brewers, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2004. 65 years old for Paul Molitor. Our birthdays in sports here today on August 22nd, 2022. Again, happy birthday to Randall Cobb, Adam Thielen, LaMelo Ball, Carl Yastrzemski, and Paul Molitor. All of those guys are celebrating their birthdays today. If it is your birthday, we would like to wish you a very happy birthday as well. Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers is set to join us here in a few minutes, but we can squeeze in one quick phone call, 887-3401. Joining us now on the program is... Matt from Tallahassee. Our buddy Matt has called into today's program. Hi there, Matt. Matt, how are you, sir? Fine. Hi, Tom. Hello. Hey, Cam. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Fine, you keeping Tom straight? Yeah, man. <laughs> Doing my best. Hey, so what do you guys think about Finley, the starter, for the first two games? Well, I mean, he has not been announced yet as the starter. It sounds like it's going to go that way. But uh, 
you know, it's not what I thought was going to happen with that, but I have to put my trust in Brian Harson and that staff. And if that's the guy that they feel gives Auburn the best chance of winning, then that's who I'm gonna that's who I'm gonna roll with. And and I hope he does a great job. I hope he is. I hope he has drastically improved from last year. Uh, but from all sounds of it, it sounds like he has. Will he also be a starter when Auburn plays Penn State? Don't, well, I mean, yeah. you, you you would imagine he would be, but I mean, you don't know that for sure, just because. Well, you don't know about injuries for one thing, but second of all, we don't know what he's going to look like in the first two weeks. So, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are speculating that he is the starter now, but they they think just but if he has not improved enough from last year that Robbie Ashford could end up being your starter before all is said and done. But right yeah. now, it looks like it's just going to be T.J. Finley. Yeah, well, hey, well, me and my dad went to the game, Towsie game, Thursday night, and Towsie won. And I just, and JJ and Ryan and Cam, what do you guys think about Auburn being Hoover? Oh, that's a big time. Any, anytime, anytime you beat the mighty Hoover, then you're doing something good. But I mean, it's, this is an Auburn High football team that, uh, is a state power in 7A right now. They they almost won a state title a couple of years ago, and uh, they're they could very well win it this year. Uh, they're they're good. They're loaded with a lot of college guys on that team. Loaded with some guys that are coming to Auburn. Yeah. Hey. So hey, JJ and Tom and Cam. Guess where me and my dad and my brother went Saturday night. Where'd you guys? Where go? did you get to go? We went to the Bitchy game. The Biscuits oh, game. Right. That's got to be a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, four down rain, but they canceled it, though. Oh. Oh, they nice. didn't get to have the Auburn, game. Auburn, I mean, the Biscuits were up 11 to 2, and they canceled it. Man, but they were winning. They were looking good. Yep. Well, hey, listen, I can't do the chair right now. I'll do it next Monday. But, hey, JJ, you guys win tomorrow night. And Sounds like a plan. Hit a home run for me and tell my man. Uh, Brent and my man uh, Devon Reed I said what's up and War Eagle and I hope we can have a good season this year alright uh, sounds Will like a plan man. thanks so much Matt we appreciate the phone call today be well All right, War, Eagle. War Eagle that's War our good Eagle. buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line alright we've got to take our next break here on the show when we come back we're going to have the opportunity to chat with our good buddy Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. He joins us coming up next here on Sports Call. Jay Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
All right, welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson inside the studio alongside Tom Peavy and Cam Berry on this Monday. We hope that you are doing well and that you had a great weekend as we're getting closer to the start of the football season. Auburn Tigers are 12 days away from taking the field inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. We've got a lot to discuss uh, in those 12 days, and we're thrilled now to have a conversation regarding the Auburn Tigers with one of our very good friends from inside the Auburn Tigers. It is Jason Caldwell, and he's joining us here on the program today. Jason, the time is greatly appreciated. How are you, my friend? I'm good, guys. How about y'all? Can't complain. Excited that uh, football season is right around the corner. What's the one thing that we need to know from Auburn football over this past weekend? You know, I I don't know. I think that it's um, there's still like a quarterback competition. Um, Even though I think T.J. Finley is the guy that will ultimately be the starter against Mercer, I I think Robbie Ashford is a guy that we're going to see play. Um, We're going to see more than just maybe in a situational role. I think he's the guy that's earned some of those, you know, whether it's the third series or, or kind of giving it. I think that's still to be determined kind of what that's going to look like. But I, I've kind of said all along I thought we'd see multiple quarterbacks in game in, in game one, and I think that's still the case. But it's probably a little bit different than anybody expected. I think a lot of people expected that Calzada would be one of those guys. And, you know, at this point I think it's more T.J. Finley and, and Robbie Ashford. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, Jason, is going into uh, preseason camp, wh- what were your thoughts and his – because I we've sat here and just talked about this. This is, com- this is completely opposite of where I thought this was going to go. I expect it was going to be Calzada, maybe Finley or Ashford second, you know, but uh, yeah. is this gone completely off the rails from what you thought was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 before it started, I thought it was probably Zach Calzada's job to lose. I, and I don't know that he's – I mean, he hasn't played so bad that he's lost it. He just hasn't played well enough to go to go get it. And the other guys have played better. And and I think that that's been the case. I think DJ Finley's been been more consistent. And that, you know that's not really a surprise because he's a guy that's got experience in this offense, uh, in the system for a year. It's essentially the same thing they did last year. You know, terminology wise, everything. That's a big advantage. And then you know Zach Calzada missing the spring, even though he was able to be out there, is that's that's difficult, and so, and in hindsight, you look and you go, you know, it it, it probably he TJ Finley had an advantage. I thought he probably did. Um, Robbie Ashford's development, and and kind of, we're hearing words like uh, clicking. It, it's starting to click a little bit and things like that. That's a really good sign because he's really athletic. He's really talented, and you know, can throw the ball, can do some things. Um, now, I, here, my my big question is: I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, in in week four. I know what it's going to look like, or I think I know what it's going to look like in in week one, and maybe in week two. But you know, what is it? What does that look like then for Penn State? It may depend on what we see in in those first couple of games. Jason Caldwell joining us here on Sports Call today, talking about the offense. What other names are standing out? Because obviously you've got this quarterback battle. He's got to be able to throw the ball to somebody. We know what the backfield looks like with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, but what are the names emerging uh, for pass catchers? Yeah, I think probably the, you know, I think Javarius Johnson's the guy that we saw glimpses of last year. I think he's been really a consistent playmaker for them in the preseason. I think he's the guy that's going to be involved. Um, I think we're going to see six to eight wide receivers 
in the mix with the first group and to try to figure out. I think I kill you. You need to see those guys in the game and and can they consistently show what they you know shown you at times. I think Camden Brown's probably the guy um, that has probably done as much to help himself as anybody. Uh, true freshman from St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale. Um, big physical guy. I kind of go back, I, you know, and it, it's hard to compare people because, man, you don't want to set somebody up in, in that regard. But there was, a, there was a guy from St. Thomas Aquinas who was a big physical wide receiver, wasn't the fastest guy, but he got open and he made plays. And he did it for a long time. He's now in the Hall of Fame. Michael Irvin was kind of played with a little bit of a nasty streak. I see a little bit of that in Camden Brown. Now, can he develop all the other things that goes along with that and, and the consistency? But uh, he kind of gives you a little bit different edge at wide receiver. And so I think he's a guy we're going to see a good bit of. I think Shedrick Jackson, Malcolm Johnson, Boy Moore, um, those guys are, are going to be there, um, you know, in, in the mix. And, you know, Xavier Capers, maybe Landon King. There, there's a lot of names there that have gone out and, and probably earned the right to to get some reps and now you just have to see if they can find the guys that that are consistent playmakers because you're right i've said it from the get-go if you can't run it and and you can't find a guy that can make plays outside at wide receiver then for the the quarterback probably doesn't matter a whole lot and and that's where i think right now this offense is and uh jason the offensive line is another part of the offense that has been a big part of emphasis um going into the next season uh, from what you've seen, has there been any improvement or anything um, that you could probably touch on with that? Yeah, I, mean, I think you've seen some guys really take some strides. Uh, I think Tate Johnson is, is one of those guys. And, you know, with still question marks for, for Nick Brahms, um, Tate Johnson's a guy that could go from, you know, potentially being a backup guard to being the starting center. And, and he's done it by transforming his body. He's in a lot better shape, physically a lot stronger than he was at this time last year, and I think that's made a big difference for him. You know, that's it. Can 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 he be the guy? Is Jaleel Irvin the guy? Um, and I think you look at that, but probably the maybe the biggest development for me is that Austin Troxel's been able to, to kind of build on things for a year, Killian Zaire at the other side. I think I think they're in pretty good position at the tackle spot. Now, they, you know, there's a lot of more depth in the middle, um, so not a ton of depth at that tackle position, but I think if those guys stay healthy, then I think that that's a group that can 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 play in this league, and they got experience. Um, just a matter of of how you put it together, because that's really, in the end, that that's it for an offensive line. It's about five guys working as one, cohesive, all on the same page, doing all those things. And um, they've been a lot of moving around. Um, can they settle in and get those guys together and and get them ready? That's that's kind of the next stage for them. Uh, Jason, I'm going to dip back over to the wide receiver uh, room just for a second. Uh, we You talked about a bunch of different guys on there. One thing I think that a lot of folks have had a concern about with the wide receivers is the fact that there, it doesn't feel like there's that one guy. And if you go around and look at successful offenses, it seems like there's that one wide receiver that is the guy that you try to look for that teams can't double team and different things like that. Do you feel like that there's enough talent around on this uh, wide receiver room that you don't have to have that one particular guy, that one go-to wide receiver that they can kind of spread the wealth a little bit? Yeah, I think they're going to spread it around. But I think I do think you have to find that guy. Okay. And, and then it have to be one. It, it may be three guys. I mean, LSU and 
you know, in, in what, 2019, they had two or three of those guys who were like, well, you know, there's a lot of playmakers. Of course, those guys are now doing it at a high level in the NFL, so there was something to that. I don't know that you have that right now, but I think you absolutely have to find somebody that you go, okay, when it's third and six, who am I trusting? I think Shedrick Jackson is probably that guy right now. I think right. that's the guy that you know came on at the end of the year last year. Um, Javarius may be more the guy you go, hey, big play threat. You know, we've heard so much about Tavares Dawson really since last camp and, and how you know he's improved in this camp. Um, but we haven't heard a ton of him from the scrimmage-type situations. Can he be that guy? Can he turn into a playmaker and, and do some of those things? Because, yeah, you're right. Um, you can spread it out, but you got to – sooner or later, you got to find some guys that you go, crunch time, fourth quarter, game on the line, this is who we want in the game. And and my my guess is is that that they got to find those guys once the lights come on. I got you. We're talking with Jason Caldwell here on the Sports Call, and uh, Jason, we've talked uh, all about offense, and of course, that's what everybody wants to know about with all the question marks there. But switching over to defense, uh, what what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Uh, I guess we'll just start with defensive line and and move from there. But uh, sounds like uh, things are going pretty good on the defensive line. Some some new guys stepping up and some veterans remaining in some good core spots. So what are you seeing there on the defensive line? Yeah, I think overall this is a defense that, that has built some depth. I think there's still some questions there. Um, but I think I think this is a group that if they can stay relatively healthy and avoid a couple of key guys, I think this is a defense that can keep them in, in, in just about any game. We saw that last year, um, that the defense is able to keep them in games. I think they got a chance to, to, to do those types of things again this year and and they do potentially have more depth up front than they had last year. Uh, we didn't see much of those guys uh, last year. This year, you brought in some transfers that can help. You start, you know, Colby Wooden, Marcus Harris, uh, Derek Holliday, Juliota. Those guys are, are going to going to be right there with with just about anybody you can put in the league and go. Those guys can contend. Um, Jason Jones in the middle has has shown that man. He's got everything you're looking for, but. You know, the rest of those guys, I think, you know, Marsh Joseph has played and played it at Memphis, and so he's used to a season. You know, we've seen, um, you know, Derek Bragg coming in from Western Kentucky has played for a season, but not at this level, neither one of them. That's the thing now that, for me, for that defensive line for the next step is we know those other guys. They've played at that level for a 12 game season in a bowl game. What, what can you do in the, in the third quarter in week six? That's the next step because you don't know that now. We know that they've got the ability, and they've got the size, and they got the athleticism, and they've shown some good things. Now it's can you do that week in and week out in this league, because it's just it's hard. And so that's still the unknown for me for that defensive front, but I think they got some pieces in place. I think, you know, when you look at it, to me, Morris Joseph is a guy that, man, we've heard so much about in camp. I think, you know, having a guy that can spell a Colby Wooden and – you know, make some plays, do some things would be huge for this team and to keep those guys fresh in the fourth quarter. So I think that depth there is is a good starting point on defense. And, you know, the same, probably the same thing at linebacker. There's not as many guys, but for much of it, you're only going to play two linebackers if you're playing a nickel defense. So Owen Popo back and and Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner, Eugene Asante, they've, they've built some depth. And I think that front six or seven, um, should be in pretty good position. Jason Caldwell joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter at ITAT. Jason, 
And, buddy, as we let you get out of here today, we go to AuburnUndercover.com. What are we going to find there today on the website? Uh, it, it, you load up today because there's a ton of information. I think we've got uh, – I, I have an insider up. Uh, Christian has a recruiting insider up. Uh, Nathan King um, kind of put out his, his first look at a potential depth chart. So we've got lots of information, lots of things going on today. If you're not a subscriber, today's a good day to start. So there's tons of things there. And you can find it at Auburn Undercover, uh, AUTigers.com, uh, Auburn 247. So hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it. You guys have an all-star team that you put together there, Jason. It's really impressive. Yeah, I like I like to, to be able to uh, to turn to my left and right. It's like uh, playing for you know some of these teams that have been really successful in the NBA. I'll, I'll, I enjoy uh, working with a team <laughs> like that. For sure. You're just throwing lobs. That's what you're doing, setting them up, That's and they're I'm slamming at home. Point. Yep. <laughs> that's perfect jason thanks for the time we'll do this again soon okay thanks guys all right that's our buddy jason caldwell from inside the auburn tigers and he's joining us here on sports Calm. let's go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the program a lot of good stuff right there and he's not kidding what an amazing team they've got there for auburn undercover make sure you check them out auburnundercover.com for all of the amazing content that are on their websites quick timeout. sports call continues in a moment Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Tom Peavy. Our thanks again to Jason Caldwell for joining us just a moment ago. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Great stuff. Great insight from Jason there. Always appreciate him taking time to chop it up with us. As we wind down the first hour of the show, Got about eight or nine minutes left, and we're going to spend it with... War Damn Steve. Retired War Damn Steve is here with us at the end of hour number one on Sports Call. Hello there, Steve. Happy Monday to you. Hey, thanks for taking my phone call. Good afternoon to the usual suspects with Tom Peavy, Canberra, and yourself, J.J. Jackson. Thank you so there much, Steve. Good afternoon. On, Steve. Listen, that uh, that was an excellent uh, conversation he had with Mr. Uh, Jason Caldwell. What I was surprised to hear him not say was what he had... Uh, in uh, actually written remarks uh, regarding the real apparently tight contest going on right now between uh, Jay, uh, Mr. Finley and uh, Mr. Ashford. And what he said uh, on 247 Sports in a column uh, this morning was that the competition is tighter than people really know. Yeah. Now, that took me by surprise because uh, I thought he'd be last. You know, in the, in the competition fight. And so to hear him say that the competition is really closer than people know it is between Finley and Ashford is quite, to me, surprising because, you know, uh, Mr. Ashford has not played a snap. Uh, he, he's just a redshirt freshman, right? Correct. Yeah, he has not played a snap yet. He played college baseball at Oregon, but he has not officially played college football out on the field. So should we, as Auburn fans, be troubled by that comment? Because we've got a quarterback tight race, apparently, with a guy who does have experience, not only with us, but also at uh, LSU. Uh, what, what do you think, guys? 
I, I think the the more concern should just be the lack of growth from Zach Calzada. Um, I, I'm not I'm not going to blame any of that on Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford's doing his thing. Yeah. So important to praise those. I mean, give those sure. guys credit for what they've been able to do. Absolutely. So I I, I think the I dis- like the way you put that, Tom. Yeah. The the disappointment is the fact that God, Zach Calzada has not stepped up. I mean, a guy that I think most people penciled in as going to be Auburn starter is looking like he might be a third stringer. And you're hearing the things from coaches like, we're still trying to get him to come along. We're still trying to get him to do this. Uh, you know, that's on, Cal, that's on Calzada for not getting the job done. Well, I agree. And I thought Calzada would be it. However, my concern is it. You know, either T.J. Finley has really, really vastly improved or Ashford has just done something astronomical. Because I would not think that a unproven and really like performance on the field, uh, quarterback should be in this type of competition with a quarterback who's had some seasoned experience now for, with two different uh, football programs, the SEC. That's where my concern is, guys. Sure. Well, I mean, I, Steve, I'm concerned about it too. Um, I, I, am, I am going to trust what I'm hearing from the coaches about T.J. Finley and that he has improved. The one thing that I do keep hearing the coaches, though, say about him and Robbie Ashford are they're both inconsistent, but they're not as inconsistent as other quarterbacks in the room. But they they still have some inconsistencies they're trying to work through. My concern with T.J. Finley is only off of what I saw last year, which did not impress me at all. Right. That's all I have to go off of. I'm not there at the practices. I don't see him in the film room. I don't see him at workouts. I don't see him in the weight room. I don't see him doing anything. So all I have to go on with T.J. Finley is what I saw last year, which was not good. So with that being said, I have major, major concerns about this Auburn team and the quarterback situation because, again, I'm just looking at last year, and it's like if that's the guy that's going to be your starting quarterback and, like you're saying, a guy who hasn't even played college football – is going to be your second team, and the guy you thought was going to be the starter's third, then I have some major concerns. About three minutes left, Steve. But it may all okay. flip upside down once we get to playing, and, and T.J. Finley may look like a Heisman Trophy-type quarterback. You just don't know. <laughs> and then we won't care at all about And then we won't situation. care at all. That's all right. Well, we better have our act together and decisions made. I say we are coaching staff by the Penn State game because I'm going to be for that one. All right. Uh, how about a um, two out of three ain't bad? For the Atlanta Braves, as Beat Loaf would say. We're so thrilled, yes. Still can't win those day games, though, for some oh, reason. Yeah. Gosh, five it's to like... Four. <laughs> that, five to four win, and then a five to four loss. It's like yeah. a disease, man. Yeah, that, those, okay. early, those early games have just plagued the Braves lately. How do you spell Hooters? Yeah. <laughs> uh, NIL deal, right? A lot of big NIL deals for some offensive uh, linemen. Line 51 yeah. offensive linemen across the country got an NIL deal from Hooters. Five offensive linemen of the 51 from Auburn University. And I'm looking here at the list. The other people were Georgia Tech, which had one, two, three, almost seven, I think. A&M had two. Oklahoma had a bunch. Missouri. Yeah, they had a lot. How'd they get? Uh, and Vanderbilt, unbelievably. Right. Vanderbilt gets the NIL deal. Florida Atlantic okay. had some. South Florida, yeah. Okay, moving on, guys. Uh, there is a guy by the name of Dr. Fink, F-E-N-G, who I'm going to be following. He uses some kind of, he's a Ph.D. in stats and uh, also analytics. And so he's come up with his power rankings. He has us uh, remarkably um, 
to be the 11th ranked team, according to him, uh, when it comes across the country. Uh, Alabama one, uh, two for Georgia, Texas A&M at number eight. We're number 11. He has us projected to, according to his formula, to have 7.1 wins. LSU is right below with 7.2 wins. Mississippi, 7.6 wins. Florida, 7.4 wins. Uh, Mississippi State, 6.6 wins. Tennessee, 7.3. Arkansas, Arkansas, 6.0 wins. A lot of people pick them as a possible contender to compete against, but he has them winning six games. Uh, Vanderbilt, 2.0 wins. So just for thought, I'd let you, I'm going to be following him to see how close his formula predictions are, are going to be or not. Yeah, that's a good idea. And, and how about, have you seen the, uh, I don't know what this, this is different from the football power index's uh, scores. It's called the SP. ESP is the SP plus. What does SP plus refer to, guys? I, I have seen that before, and I'll need to uh, refresh my memory on what exactly. I know it's another analytical math math look at, at kind of numbers. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, he has us ranked uh, number twenty-one. I mean, they have us ranked as number twenty-one according to their uh, SP plus ratings. Uh, so. Um, there you go for that uh, bunch of information. And, uh, guys, I, I don't know uh, what to make of this. It's, it's, to me, I don't know if I should be uh, pulling uh, for whoever, obviously, the quarterback is, but I still have reservations for uh, Mr. Finley struggling with a redshirt freshman who hasn't played a snap. Um, they tell me I should just calm down and trust the coaching staff, uh, that they know what they're doing, and that uh, I, I know less of what they, less yeah. what they know, right? That's the way to look at it. That's the way to look at it. Our hour is about to come to All a right, close, Steve. Guys, SP ratings are tempo and opponent-adjusted measures of college football efficiency. And that's different from the football power index yes. formulations, yes. apparently. Okay, all right. What about now, tomorrow, tomorrow night? night? Tomorrow night you've got a game, right? Playoffs, Final yes. Final season? Is it final of the season or a playoffs? It's the playoffs. So if we win, we could play up to four games. If we won four games tomorrow night, we would be champions. We would miraculously have won the entire postseason tournament. We are the last seed in the March Madness, so to speak, tournament. So if we won four games tomorrow night, Steve, we would be champions. Wait a minute, you got four games to play? If we we (laughs) lose the first one, we'd only play one. If we kept winning, we would play four. Oh, Nelly. I know. Okay. we got a lot of work to do. All right, guys. But we'll talk well, to you then. I hope uh, hope somehow, you know, uh, lightning strikes for you guys on the other team. Lightning strikes him. That's right. Uh, and good luck to the Falcons it. tonight. All right, guys. Thanks for your time. I know my time is way up. I look forward to hearing the rest of the uh, podcast this evening. And uh, until next time, guys, you have a safe evening. And War Dam Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our good buddy, retired War Dam Steve, joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Good bit of information and content there. From retired War Dam Steve, as it brings the first hour of our show to a close. A reminder, only two hours of sports call today. Only two hours of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. The Falcons getting set to take on the New York Jets a little bit later tonight. Alongside Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour of the Bucks, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break.
Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, Cam Barry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. One hour left to go on the show. Our show ends early today. We go off the air at 5 o'clock as the Atlanta Falcons have a preseason football game against the New York Jets. Kickoff set for 7, pregame coverage starts at 5, and all season long, you get to listen to Atlanta Falcons football right here on Tiger 95.9 FM, 12 days away from the start of the Auburn football season as they will get set to play Mercer at home. We're taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401. As we go back to our phone lines and joining us now on the program, Terry from Auburn. Terry from Auburn, formerly of Talladega, now joining us here on the program. Greetings, Terry. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for the phone call. Spent a lot of the time over the weekend moving in, getting ready to get, get everything moved. I tell you, only worse than moving is, uh, is packing is unpacking. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So, Once you pack you it up, it's got to come out at some point. No kidding. Yeah. Um, Guys, does it not bother y'all as much as it bothers me that here on August the 22nd we're talking about Auburn having the starting quarterback of T.J. Finley and how good the defense is going to be? Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely not a, it's not a good situation, but, I, you know, you just have to trust what the coaches are, are, are going with. And, and that, that leads me to something there, Tom. You want to trust a coach that blew a 28-point lead at home, trust a coach that's – that's ranked 60th in recruiting right now, trust a coach that had the number one team and the most dominant team over the decade on the ropes and let him off? You want me to trust him? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, but I mean, what else are you going to do? You don't do? have much of a choice. You know, it's yeah. kind of a different situation this year. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, you don't have much of a choice. You're right. I, but but I, I'll say this, though. The one, the one thing that I will say to that I kind of want to trust him a little bit more is that the changes that he made on his staff, these are guys that he, are, that he is a lot more comfortable with. It's guys that know his system. And so I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt there because he, he is a lot more familiar with these guys. And it, it you know, it kind of feels like these are some guys that were not forced on him by, by powers and that these are guys that he's familiar with. They know him. He knows them. He knows what they're capable of. So maybe some things are going to change with with some of these new staff members. So I don't disagree with that at all. There you uh, go. That's a, your your script. I just just that uh, there the, coaching in from Idaho to Auburn is like going from Tokyo to Amory, Mississippi, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, listen, he's not the first one to do that. that that's the thing. I, I, this no, he's not Tom, but he's the one we're talking about right now. Yeah, I know, but I but I'm just saying there there have been plenty of coaches that have come from out west that have that have come here or come to the southeast and have done some great things. So I, I don't necessarily buy into that. I mean you yeah, there there's some growing pains that you have to go through. I mean it's a different culture down here. 
than it is out west, and it's a definitely a different culture than somewhere like Boise, Idaho. But a football coach is a football coach, and, and they learn, and, and they they learn. Boy, the, will he learn? Well, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this year. Well, I, I'll tell you this: we talked about the staff changes. Maybe that's something he learned, I, yes. and, and he's had to make these changes on the staff and get the guys in here that he is comfortable with. I, he's got to show me that he really wants to be at Auburn. That's what he's got to show me. Because I've seen a guy that doesn't really want to be there. He's, he probably just saw the dollar signs in his eyes and, and that kind of thing. I just I don't know. I just think I think it's going to be a disaster waiting to happen. I think this time next year, I don't think Auburn has Alan Green or Brian Harson. Well, he could have left Auburn when, when all those allegations and stuff came up about him, when the powers that be were trying to get rid of him and push him out. Mm-hmm. I think he stood strong and said he wanted to be here and he wanted to be Auburn's football coach. See, I disagree with you. I think that was more of a money situation involved in that. I mean, he that man's going to get paid wherever he yeah, goes, I whether mean, it's yeah. Auburn or somebody somewhere else. He's going to get paid wherever he goes. So, well, um, I tell you what, guys, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm, I'm on you, Tom. I think this could be a very traumatic situation, and and with TJ Finley, a quarterback, we're talking about how great the defense is. And before anybody out there jumps on me, Steve, or anybody else, I didn't say you have you couldn't win with a bad defense. I didn't say that. But you've got a lot better chance of surviving with an average defense or a good defense and a great offense than if it's in a great defense and a good offense. Yeah, I, they, in today's game, sure. that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, well, sure. It, I'm I'm very concerned with some things on the offense, uh, as I think all Auburn fans should be. Now we may get into the season, we may get to that first game in Mercer, and and everything looks fine. You may get to Penn State and everything still looks fine and on into LSU and it looks fine. We just don't know. Uh, I mean, this is uh, – I, I, I always talk about uh, the beginning of football season is like Christmas morning and you've got these gifts sitting there and you're getting ready to unwrap them. It's a and lot you, of unknowns. Right. It, you know, it, it's a great big huge box. It looks great and you dive into that thing. It might be the greatest gift you've ever seen in your life or it might be a box of socks. And you just don't know until you open it. And right now, we're all looking at that box under the tree waiting to unwrap it. And we just have no idea what's in it. And the way I heard it put it was it's like going out with a girl you want to go out with your whole life. You go out with, with her, and she's a, she's a disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. Best day of your yeah. life, and you think it's going to be the best day of your life, and it turns out to be a dud. So, yeah. yeah. You just don't, don't know. You just I, don't I just know. I've just got a bad feeling about this. I mean, okay, what we have to go on is, T.J. Finley, what we've seen in an LSU and Auburn uniform. That's not good, guys. That's not good. So what reason do I have? There's there's a reason for everything. And 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 I've got to have something to go on. If it looks good against Mercer, big deal. Okay, big deal. Sure. Okay, uh, so what? Penn State's going to be the real I still think there's a reasonably good chance that we're going to see multiple guys play against Mercer and San Jose State. Well, I mean, you, you hope that that's the case. You hope that you get a big enough lead that that is the case. You also hope it's not a case that – it's like Georgia State last year mm. where you end up with a second stringer because your starter is struggling to get anything done, which is, you know, that was Bo Nix, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, you want if you're playing multiple quarterbacks, you want it because you have developed a big lead and you can get those guys in there. Uh, I still think, though, throughout that game, that especially that Mercer game, I think you're going to see some Robbie Ashford. I think they're going to have some some stuff for him. Um, it. Just from the, what I'm hearing, though, it sounds like it's going to be those two. It, it really sounds like Calzada's the odd man out right now. That's that's just scared me to death. I mean, as an Auburn fan, and any Auburn fan should scare T.J. Finley should scare you half to death. 
I know the optimistic people are going to say, well, maybe he's gotten better. What about Jason Campbell? Well, see, I get tired of hearing that crap. Go back 20 years or 18 years or whatever it was. Okay, we know what Carnell and Ronnie and all those guys could do. We didn't know what Jason Campbell could do. He did, he did, what he, he did step up. He was the reason they had a successful season. Sure. We all know that. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. No, it's it, not going to happen again. It, it doesn't. And that's a you, – you really – you really start kind of getting into dangerous territory if you start trying to relate a single player to another player, and especially Absolutely. when you start trying to relate T.J. Finley to a guy that played in 2003 and 2004. Nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. There has been a lot of quarterbacks at Auburn since then. And so, it, it, yeah, you just can't nitpick and find that one that, that you want to either line it up with either in positive or negative. Because, I mean, if anything, I could sit there and look on the positive side and like, hey, you know what? This guy might be like Cam Newton. He's got the size of Cam Newton. Now, you know, I don't know anything else about any sort of uh, uh, pros or cons as far as that goes, but, I mean, he's got the size of a Cam Newton. Yeah. Big deal. But yeah, exactly. I mean, but you can't compare him to Cam. You can't compare him to Jason Campbell. can't compare him to Sean White. Big deal. I mean, that's that's like, like in 92 and Alabama's great defense, and they kept saying this defense is going to be better. No, not really. They're just they're – just, Special uh, camaraderie. There's special situations that make teams great. Sure, and the, the talent may be better, but but um, the the situation is not the overall te- I, team concept is not. And I just sure. look, guys. I just got a I just got a very very bad feeling about this, and I don't trust Brian Harson. Don't want him there. Wish he would leave. Wish the guy with the coup would have been successful and got rid of him, and we'd have got Hugh Freeze, which which would would rather be at Auburn. Uh, I think Brian Harson is going to be a disaster. I do. And and give him another year. Give him all his time. Everybody says give him a chance. Whatever. I just I don't trust the recruiting aspect of it. He's gonna he's gonna just destroy the program. And I just re- I just genuinely believe that. And for the people that disagree, that's fine. That's what call-in shows are that's for. That's right. To, we want to hear from them. We want to hear from them. Disagree and agree and disagree. JJ. Absolutely. Um, that's what we go for. Um, Terry, thanks for the call today. We got to sure. get to a break. It's our buddy Terry from Auburn right there. Uh, the, only, the only thing I was going to say is it, it, it wouldn't have been Hugh Freeze. It would have been Kevin Steele. And, that, the, and we I, all and, know that wouldn't have been a good idea. No, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean. It, at the end of the day, I just feel do, like you have, to deal you, with. you have to want to hope that there's going to be some improvement at the end of the day, right? And that's kind of all what we're hoping for. And I get it. You know, there's some things that, that might be better than others. But, you know, I, I just hope that as an Auburn fan – that we're going to be better next season. Let's take a quick time out when we come back. Our buddy Kevin Ives, Plainsman Parking Lot, will be on the show. We'll talk a little Auburn baseball. I'm sure he's got some commentary ahead of the start of the Auburn football season. He is an Auburn Tiger after all. Kevin Ives joins us right after this break here on the program. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
All right, welcome back to the Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry. Thrilled Ooh. to be with you on this Monday. Again, a short show today. The Falcons are playing a preseason game a little bit later. And, uh, boy, we're picking up the number of phone calls in volume, which means that football season is right around <laughs> the corner, which is always amazing. Can't wait for that to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, and those Mondays, once we get into football season, those Mondays are usually uh, quite Reaction inter- time. Yeah, they're, they're quite interesting. And Mondays are best spent with our good buddy Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter, and he's joining us here on the program. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. What's going on, my man? Nothing much. How are y'all, guys? Very well. Very excited to uh, catch up with you. We're talking a variety of different things. How excited are you for football season to be here? I'm excited for football season, but I think I'm probably uh, more excited just to tailgate. I just need to make it through the first uh, month of the season. I mean, having that many home games back-to-back-to-back as someone who, like, sets up a tailgate, I mean, that's a lot. And by the, by the time the LSU game rolls around, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready to just crash at some point. So Here's my question, Kevin. Do you, do you set your tailgate up, like, right near Plainsman Park so that you can look at the baseball field and shed a tear? <laughs> That it's not baseball uh, season just yet. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could, but all of those, all the spots around Plainsman Park and uh, near the stadium are all tailgate guys' tents. But I'm uh, not, uh, I'm not making enough money to afford a tailgate guy's tent <laughs> right now. <laughs> so now we we set up uh, like right in right on campus on like Sanford Lawn. Normally set up, uh, go ahead and rope off the spot like you're supposed to on Friday afternoon, and then we're up bright and early, six or seven o'clock on Saturday morning, getting everything loaded in and ready to go. So. You feel They're pretty good about fun. the team this year, Kevin? I mean, I'm in all of fans. I'm always going to feel good about yeah, the team. That's what we like I'm, to hear. I'm, and I'm very much a sunshine pumper. So, I mean, as, as the, the phrase that gets used, I mean, it's yeah. going to be good. And it's, I mean, if you're an Auburn fan, then you know if Auburn's underappreciated, then they'll probably surprise some folks. And then when they're overappreciated, then they could have disappoint some folks. And it seems to me like a lot of people are kind of underappreciating them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be excited about it. I think you've got, you've got, Two games to really start the season off to kind of learn what you need to do. You got a big matchup with Pitt State at that third game, and then get SEC play right after that. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I, I think there's going to be improvement, and it really depends on what your mindset's going to be going into the season. I mean, if you want Auburn to be successful, then you know you're going to be excited about the season. But if you're wanting to be all doom and gloom and think that this is a downturn, then you're already kind of dreading the season to start. But I, I'm the kind of guy that I'd much rather just enjoy it and Preach. enjoy the tailgate and enjoy the game, enjoy the atmosphere and all that, and just the experience of, yeah. of Auburn football. So you never know. You never know. That's exactly right. I'm forever the optimist with you, and so we'll see uh, what's able to happen this season for the Tigers on the gridiron. All right, let's talk a little baseball with you. Uh, we've got some exciting news now about the future of Auburn baseball. A few weeks ago, Butch Thompson was here on our very radio show talking about all the changes coming to Plainsman Park, the roster, and that sort of thing. What excites you most about Auburn baseball as we sit here today in August of 2022? I think the best thing is just the really the investment in the program a little bit more. I mean, um, I obviously I'm biased and so I love Plainsman Park. And, you know, it kind of gets the knock that we haven't been able to kind of keep up with the Joneses around the SEC uh, with how the park is sort of set up. But... I think with the new additions to what we're they're putting the seats above the performance area, extending some more seats, and then putting seats on top of the Green Monster, it's really going to be it's really going to add to that uniqueness of Plainsville Park. And I think it's going to cause more people to 
want to come to games just to experience that, at least for the first time. And I think once you come to a game and experience just once or twice, then you're going to be a fan for life. And so I think that's kind of the, the best thing that's kind of set up there. And, you know, there's going to be more push to, you know, have more student involvement. And um, I think there's just a – there's a good – Dealing with the program, I mean, going to coming off of an Omaha visit and um, having the number two ranked recruiting class from Perfect Game coming in, like there's a lot of optimism in the program, and I think this is kind of capitalizing on that. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's really what's getting me most excited about it. And seeing how Bush kind of sells the program, he still is going out and kind of doing the Bruce Pearl style, where he's, you know, anybody that wants to listen to it, he's going to preach about. Um, Auburn baseball, and he's a great salesman and ambassador for the program. But that's kind of what you need as a baseball coach in the Southeastern Conference. Um, so, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I, I mean, I can't wait for the. I have a little clock, and it will roll over in a minute, see how long it is till opening day. I think you know, it's five months and 26 days until opening day uh, for Auburn baseball. Kevin, I want to – Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but we don't really have to wait until the spring because there's, there's two fall ball yeah. games that are going to be – LaTeX in Alabama, yeah. La Tech on the on October fifteenth, and then Alabama on the twenty fourth. I mean, those are going to be huge, um, and so that's going to be a, a fun experience. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Kevin, I wanted to get your take on uh, what your thoughts are on uh, Sonny Deshera starting uh, pro ball. I think it's. I mean, the fact that he's already in Double A, that he basically started in Double A, um, and he's been successful in Double A, I think is really um, going to show that he is going to be viable and he's going to be. I'm a long-term guy. A lot of times when you see guys come out and they, they go to the, the minors from college, even, no matter what level it is, um, there's always seems to be this learning curve, this like drop-down, and he hasn't really seen that. And I think the things that we saw as Auburn fans with his plate discipline and his personality, like that's really being able to shine. And the fact that he's in Huntsville is also like just a, another huge bonus, that he's going to um, – it's a lot more of that kind of – not necessarily hometown kid he's from Hoover, but – um, being able to play in state and kind of keep those fans together, and it's also kind of weird when you you know he, he was just playing on the plains you know not a few months ago, and then he's already playing in the minor leagues, and that season's going to wind down pretty soon. Um, and so when these guys come from um, just getting drafted to play, this first year is just really just kind of like a um, a test year um, because they're going to go and they're going to go through camp, and then um, they after the their season's over the minors, then they'll take a break for a little bit, and then. Uh, end up going to fall leagues um, or some type of maybe a winter ball somewhere um, and just kind of getting into that grind. But I, I think he is – he's not surprised me because I knew he'd do great. I think he may have surprised some other folks uh, with how, how well he has taken to AA. Uh, I think it's, it's great to see. Eight draft picks off of last year's Auburn baseball team. Pretty remarkable what they were able to do sending guys off to the next level, kind of give us an overview of what you thought of those guys getting the chance to start their big league careers. I think, I mean, the biggest thing is just the fact that Auburn is still producing guys that are um, consistently being drafted. Um, I think Auburn has, the Auburn and Arkansas, I think, are tied for the longest streak in the SEC of players that have been drafted in the MLB draft. And um, I think that having guys that have been developed in the program, like Trace, uh, Trace Bright, who's already... I think he's going to start with Delmarva, which is the uh, single-A affiliate. I think he's the Oriole single-A affiliate. Um, he's going to already kind of start with them. The fact that he's coming from Auburn and he's been developed in the program and he's already going to be starting at kind of a high level, I, keep, I think is more of a, another testament to like what uh, Butch and his staff have been able to do 
when it comes to developing pitchers. Um, the number of guys that have been drafted is, is great to see. Uh, and I think um, a lot of that was kind of boosted or bolstered by how um, Auburn competed this year and the fact that how, that they had a lot more eyes on them and they were able to kind of shine when they needed to and maybe got a lot of, little bit more um, notice from scouts. Um, and I think it's just great. I mean, I can't really say anything specifically about each player because I really take them all kind of as a group. Um, and it just shows that there's just this pipeline um, from Auburn um, and that you can still sell that to a player coming in that, yeah, you don't have to, you know, forego the college experience um, and immediately go pro if you're drafted. Like, and they, you have some guys from that from, from Auburn, like Ike Irish uh, was a draft was, was drafted and he's going to come to Auburn. And um, I think you're able to sell that and say that Auburn can be your next step. And then you can also use Sonny as an example, too, because people talk about, um, you know, if you play high-level D1 baseball in the SEC, and um, that, that's basically equivalent of playing in low-A or high-A minor league ball, and Sonny is, is a testament to that. I mean, what he is doing and has done in this past season, um, and then playing a double-A ball, I think that kind of reinforces that. So having those players drafted just shows the development they're able to get at Auburn. Um, and it shows the recognition they can get by playing at Auburn, um, and it's just another way you can sell the program. Well, now talking about selling that program and and the draft and everything, but uh, you mentioned Ike Irish. One thing I was going to ask you about is how important was it was that how important was it that the draft did not decimate Auburn signing class because obviously you've seen that in the past with Auburn. They they'll yeah. sign they'll have some top guys committed. They lose to the draft. They really were able to keep this this big time recruiting class in, uh, uh, intact despite the draft. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, Ike Irish is kind of the I think for perfect game it was like the number thirty nine player. Um, but you had at least three, uh, four guys that were in like the top um, four on perfect game that were kind of um, top one hundred at a perfect game um, between Ike Irish and Hayden Murphy he's from Georgia and. Chris Stanfield from Tallahassee, from Crotch, Tallahassee, Crotchville, from then, New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. So you've got guys. I think having those guys that um, that Auburn is able to keep, and the other thing too that you're not even really going to be able to tell with the draft now this year is that because the MLB draft has been so condensed and where it is in the past, you would have a lot more guys kind of out of high school be drafted because they wanted teams are going to take a flyer on them, and then you know you can kind of. Uh, the school, if they end up going to school, <clears throat> you can always kind of say that, um, well, they, you know, they came here instead or developed. Now you don't always get that opportunity because you're going to have guys who teams aren't going to draft because they know that they're going to go to college and they're, they're going, and it's going to be hard to get them away from a school like Auburn. Um, so that's going to be a little bit different. But I, at Auburn definitely kind of, I don't want to say lucked out, but I think it um, kind of, reinforces kind of the, this, this theme of building at the at Auburn and coming here to develop and having that experience and having that Auburn experience um, and playing SEC baseball and what it'll do for you instead of just foregoing all of that and being a, and going from uh, the pros, being an adult basically straight out of high school. You can follow him on Twitter at AUPPL. That's the voice of Kevin Ives. And again, the Twitter account, Plainsman Parking Lot, right? You've got your notoriety Kevin from being perched up there in the parking deck. We got to wrap with this. We got to go back to the news that's happened since the season came to a close. And Auburn baseball at Plainsman Park is adding seats 
to the monster out there in left field. Give me more reaction to this and what you think that's going to look like. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen because, you know, where we sit, I see where the, the monster is. And I see where that power station, the power substation is. And, like, I, you know, it, first of all, I hate heights, number one, so I don't know if I would sit up there. <laughs> would you sit up on top two, of the deck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I, but I'm at least able to put t- two feet down. Okay. It doesn't seem like I'm up that high at the deck. If you're up there, not only are you going to be up at the top of the monster, it's little, and I'm a big guy, so you've got to – kind of a little walkway. I don't know how they're going to expand that a little bit. But then you're also sitting right above that power substation. And I don't know how close I would, you know, want the radiation around my, my bits and stuff. But that's a, a secondary thing. But it's going to be great. And it's going to be a huge um, selling point for Auburn. Um, and it's going to be a very unique atmosphere. And I guarantee you, like, uh, maybe it'll honestly take some of the um, – when they when we do have a televised game, maybe the cameras will be a lot fewer up pointing at the deck and catching me up there, um, and people up there, and they'll be focused on the folks on the monster. So that's you know kind of a silver lining um, for that deal. But I think it's great. I and mean, it's fantastic. It's something that a lot of fans have wanted um, and thought would be a great addition to the park. Um, it's something I honestly never thought was going to happen just because of the logistics of it. But I'm a liberal arts major and not an engineer, so somebody figured it out. And it's going to happen. It's going to be great. Well, we talked with Coach Thompson a few weeks ago here on the program and, and spoke to the fact that, you know, in terms of selling the program, which he is so great at doing, and you're right, he'll talk to anybody that will listen about Auburn baseball. When you're selling seats in left field above the Green Monster, Coach Thompson has no experience to go off of. And so we're <laughs> trying to put together a plan with him to get ejected from a baseball game early so that he can sneak up and sit up there on the monster so that he can then speak from firsthand experience. His seat doesn't change in all of the new seating changes to Plainsman Park. He's got the same spot in the dugout. We got to get the head ball coach ejected from a ball game, Kevin, so he can speak from personal experience. Well, you know, I know you'd want him to go sit up there on the on the uh, the monster, but we we want him to come watch a game with us at the deck. So That's if he true. Yeah. Ejected. We'd, we'd rather him come up there and, and offer him a beverage, and I think we we have it. We'll keep a, a fake Bobby Valentine mustache up there just in case. <laughs> yeah. Pull one of those numbers. And he, yeah, he needs a, um, he needs a game. That's true. All these years that he's been the head ball coach, yeah. he's never been up there during a game with you guys. Yeah. That's totally fair, right. Kevin. He, he, needs, mean, he needs to find him. He needs to get ejected in the first inning and spend the rest of the game yeah, just, just kind of moving spot, 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 spot to spot. But but it also needs to be a, a game where it's because you know if you get ejected, you're you're out the next game too. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, so. We got to make sure it's it's a, not a, a huge consequence. Now we're getting too deep into uh, logistics. Yeah. 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 Well, that's how I'm thinking. I'm thinking about winning ball games right. first. Right. It was his <laughs> idea. He presented to it us first, which yeah. I was grateful for. This is awesome. Well, you can enjoy it. This is awesome, Kevin. Thanks for the time as always. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk not to you problem. again soon here on the show. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Guys. All right. That's our good buddy Kevin Ives joining us here on Sports Call. Who knows? We're trying to put some cool plans in motion. Got to get the head ball coach staff's personal experience to speak from. That was fun stuff there from Kevin Ives. Again, follow him on Twitter at AUPPL. Quick timeout. Sports Call continues in a moment. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. 
back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry. Our thanks again to Kevin Ives for joining us on the program. Final few moments of today's show. The Falcons play a game today. Yeah. Dirty Birds. I am so excited. Oh, you mean the you mean the Falcons didn't play last night? No. They did not. Wow. Yeah. You know, when the Arizona Cardinals ran out on the field, I could have sworn that was the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I thought Club Kingsbury's just trying to turn them into Texas Tech. That's what I thought when they ran out. I'm too. The, look- the black helmets. Oh, see, I, like I Well, no, see, I'm, I'm, I don't because I, I – I like them too for the record. See, I don't – well, for A, they looked exactly like the Atlanta Falcons. It's like, okay. hey, listen, the Falcons have already done this this whole look. So Fair. Yeah. My, my what I don't understand whenever you start going alternate uniforms is like why does everybody feel like they have to go to black helmets, black jerseys? What, That's the thing. I know, the, and it's, I, it's the, like I, I'm more yeah. of a, I, I if, if, so if I'm the Arizona Cardinals and I want to go something different than the white helmet and the yeah. gray face mask, red jersey, I would have see I personally would have gone more to a red helmet or yeah. a silver helmet or something, yeah, yeah, something yeah. more colorful that's more, you know. I feel you. But Catch at least it to the eyes. This is it's like mm, nope, we're going to make ourselves look exactly like the Atlanta Falcons. At least black is in their logo. Yeah, like it, it fits at no, least. No, 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 you know? sure. But it, but it's also a very minor like, color in say, their color you, scheme. Yeah, you've got some teams that go black like you were saying and just it's not even in their color wheel. Yeah. It's no no nowhere is it a color of their university it or, just, and or it, but team. It, I know, but it also I don't know to me it seems lazy. It's like, mm, let's come up with a different color scheme." I know, black come up black jerseys. <laughs> like, why? Like you, you you have so many other out of, out of the entire palette of colors you want to make yourselves as dark as you possibly can and I get it it's the dark menacing it's the thing yeah it's the thing I, it? I'm I'm more afraid sure. wasn't too menacing if you lost the game though no well I mean it's a preseason <laughs> game like it matters but but I mean and the other thing is I, I really like the Cardinals look the, their regular original look it's a very classic yeah. look it's been that same look since they were in St. Louis when they were the, the St. Louis baseball card or football mm-hmm. Cardinals um you know they obviously they've tweaked some things with it but, but yeah they come out last night in their alternates and I mean they look just like the Dagum Atlanta Falcons right. walking I mean damn near to a T Looked like the Atlanta Falcons coming out of the locker room. It was bizarre. But Twitter blew up with it. Everybody, all the folks on Twitter that talk about uniforms and NFL and everything, everybody was like, is that the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah. Uh, everybody. I just don't know why you, you bring out the alternate uniforms for a yeah, preseason game. Yeah, I wouldn't game. do it. Uh, preseason that's game all, like, either. Why would so you break these out for a preseason game? Right. Yeah. I know it's national TV, but still, like, wait for the Rams to come to town to do that. The, the one thing I am happy is that the NFL is finally allowing alternates. Yes. Now, now it has gone different than what I thought originally. Originally, they did the alternates and they so that the teams could do their uh, retro uniforms. And my understanding is the original rule was you can have one retro uniform that you can use, I think, like twice in right. the season, mm-hmm. but it has to be equivalent to a retro uniform. Because basically, they don't want the NFL teams to start turning out like Oregon and Oregon State, or Oregon, uh, um, uh, Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. and some of these other uh, colleges have a different uniform, different helmet, different color scheme, different something every game. They want to keep that brand on point, but they wanted to be able to allow the New England Patriots to go to the the old uh, you know Pat Patriot helmet. The Buccaneers to go to the creamsicle, uh, the Falcons to go back to a red helmet. Right. They wanted to allow that. 
and not have people just go crazy. But now you're seeing they've opened it up with some alternate uniforms. And like we mentioned, the Cardinals had a, a completely black uniform yes, last did. night, which is something they've never had in the history of that uniform concept. And they have a very classic look that has yeah. remained the same. And, uh, yeah. So the Falcons take on the Jets tonight. The Braves Man, take on the that Pirates. So far off of where <laughs> and, uh, we started. That's fine, that's and and that's why we got to get off the year early. So the Braves yeah. start a six game road trip, and the Falcons take on the Jets. Cam, are the Falcons expected to play a lot of starters? Um, or not really, or what's the vibe? I mean, Desmond Ritter is probably going to get some playing time. Drake London, I think. I don't think he's going to play. Uh, I think he's still working on the injury that he's sustained from Mariota is officially QB one. Yeah. Yeah. Mario's QB one for sure. I I think, you know, we'll, we'll just see how that plays out as the season progresses along. A lot of questions. I like Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter has looked pretty darn good. Dude, he was good in college. He was was fantastic in college. Give him, just give him some time to get this offense, you know, you know, under his, under his belt. And and we really might have a mid season competition on our hands. And uh, he he might end up being the one for us. I mean, the kid already said he wants to bring a championship to Atlanta, so, so let's he make seems it happen. Pretty dug in. Let's make it happen. All right, let's do our TV guy. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. The Sports Call nightly TV guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by your local TK's convenience store, pick up a variety pack of White Claw. Enjoy that. All right, Brooks. Yeah. What's on television tonight? Uh, we've got some sports and some movies. We'll start out in the movie world at okay. 7.30 on Please Freeform do. tonight. Starring, um, oh, I'd had his name and I literally just forgot it. It is National Treasure Book of Secrets. Um, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Thank you, Brant, from yeah. the from the background yelling. <laughs> Nicholas Nick Cage, Cage, starring Nicholas Cage. It's the sequel to the original National Treasure. I think Have they're working on a third one. one of those movies. Um, oh. They're either working on a third one or a Disney Plus series for it. But, Quickly, give me a synopsis of National Treasure. Um, I want to steal the Declaration of Independence because it's got a secret treasure map on the back. That's it. That's it. That's okay. it. That is your That's synopsis. That's literally it. And then we need a sequel as well for yeah. that? Yeah, the synopsis for the sequel is we found another secret treasure map on some old documents and we're going around Mount Rushmore. Okay. And so the second one is out is on yes. TV tonight. Yes, that free is form, free form seven thirty. Seven thirty. Nicholas Cage. Eight o'clock on BET tonight is Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's Medea's Witness Protection, ah, which right. is a Do you phenomenal like the movies. Yeah, okay. it's hilarious. It's a Tyler phenomenal Perry's edition. So I mean, you're an Atlanta guy. You better like oh you some gosh, Tyler Perry. Dude. Meet the Browns, all that. Yeah, hilarious to me. BET tonight at 8 o'clock. All right, so those are your movie picks for the evening. Sports picks tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. is supposed to be the Little League World Series. But uh, what is in it? The U.S. bracket. Well, it's still going to be that, but... There's been some weather in Williamsport today, so a lot of the games have been pushed back, so you may see a little bit later action tonight from, from Williamsport. Uh, so right now I think one of the games, the Southeast versus Great Lakes, just got underway a couple minutes ago, and so games may be pushed back a little bit. Also tonight, uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, Atlanta Falcons take on the New York Jets. Can the Falcons approve to 2-0 and in the preseason? We'll see their final away game in, of the preseason tonight. Done a very long time over two and zero in the preseason. They're winning the Super Bowl. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, you can't six, tell me otherwise. Six oh five. I remember when West Durham was on our show a few weeks ago. I guess it was the Monday before their first preseason game of the year. Yeah, yeah. And West Durham said, "Yeah, the Falcons have lost fifteen of their last sixteen preseason games. Bit of a losing streak going on." But their one game-winning yeah. streak is present right Darn now. right. Let's see if they can make it two and in a row. And it's the Jets tonight. And it's the Jets. I would love to see Sauce Gardner. Falcons, Jets, listen to the radio broadcast. Listen to West Durham's voice tonight. 
for Falcons football here on Tiger 95.9 FM. And then, of course, at 6.05 tonight, we mentioned it as well earlier, the Atlanta Braves kick off a road trip as they visit the Pittsburgh Pirates. Braves are 75-48 and 48 on the season. Pirates, the opposite of that, 47-74. and 74. It is Jake Odorizzi on the mound tonight for the Braves. Oh, Got to get a win. Versus uh, Ronzi Contreras for the, uh, for the Pirates. Both of them sitting at over four ERAs. Both of them having uh, about the same strikeouts on the year, too. 54 strikeouts for Odorizzi, 53 strikeouts in the year for Contreras. Oh, man. It's a battle of mediocre pitchers tonight. Can the Braves take advantage? <laughs> the yeah. battle of mediocre. Yeah, Odorizzi got rocked last time he was up. He did. Met, we'll see Nets what happens. Shilled him. All right. You talked about the Jets. That's another team that like went black uniform. It's like what? those are hard though. And I like, like their uniforms, I, but they were just. <laughs> I like they, I'm contractually obligated to hate everything Jets. <laughs> That's but our, see, the uh, Jets, nightly TV uh, guy by White Claw uh, Hard Seltzer. Jets are just another one of those. Yeah, they I have you, they have a beautiful, beautiful Kelly Green uniform yeah. that they had in the '80s, and then they went back to the '70s uniform with the white helmets. And it's like you know, what are you doing? It's green and white. You're green and white, and it's like, hey, let's do our uniform black. I'm like. Oh, like it's tough though. I come on, <laughs> I don't. Bl- I don't like black uniforms. I just I'm like the solid black yeah, uniforms. I'm just not not me. Tom, thank you for being here today, man. Absolutely. We'll see you tomorrow night for Thunder Chickens, weather permitting. Weather permitting, and we'll see you on Wednesday you know, here on Sports. Go Call. find some stuff to doctor my knee up with. That's right. that's still injured from last week. Brooks, thanks He's for on being the here. Report, absolutely. Cam, we'll see you soon as well. Yes, sir. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Sports Call. Thanks again to Jason Caldwell and Kevin Ives for being on the program. For Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.